BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to another episode of We're All a Little Crazy, brought to you by the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement. I'm your host, Eric Hewson, along with sports business reporter Darren Ravel and hockey great Theo Fleury. You know, this episode in particular, we try to have each of them focus on a current event or set of current event topics that are happening. None more evident than the last two episodes that we did about, unfortunately, the suicides that we're seeing more and more of with high school and college students. We had the parents of McKenna Brown and Tyler Holinsky on. And then we had Sam Borden on and Wayne Dre's, uh, both um, of whom were friends with Grant Wall, the reporter that we lost, uh, and the shock and the grief they were facing. And so I was hoping in a way that we'd have a more uplifting topic to be able to discuss and sometimes the way of the world and the way it goes, we get to choose those things. And sometimes we don't. And, you know, I was looking at some of the news stories that have come out over the last couple of days since we met, we obviously took a week off for the holidays, like many podcasts did. You know, there are a bunch of news stories about how the psychologist to student ratio is way below what's recommended. That's not good news. How men have fewer number of close friends than ever on record. That's not good news. Probably the one that everyone who's listening to this knows about the loss of DJ Twitch to suicide. Obviously, the the personality on the Ellen show and someone that we've come to know as a big time entertainer, smiler, dancer, and people questioning how in the world did that happen? That's not good news. We had the suicide of an 18-year-old hockey player from the London Knights of the OHL. I'm sure Theo's gonna have a lot to share about that. That doesn't mean that good news hasn't happened. Um, David Njoku, who's the tight end for the Browns normalizing what it's like to meditate in minus 14 degree windshield weather in Cleveland with a shirt off is certainly a normalization topic. That was great. We had Tyrell Terry, who was the 22 uh, year old who was drafted by the Mavs, but then played for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies who retired to take care of his mental health. Those are some good stories, but I think the reason why this particular topic we're here together wanting to talk about something more positive, but realizing that there's a need to get together and discuss and have camaraderie around this topic is because I'll give some background on my story. I was down in Florida uh, for that Miami Dolphins event that you guys all know about. We had a recovery day and my doctor wrote a prescription for me because I had run out of the one med I'm still on working my way off of a benzodiazepine, the generic form of clonopin called clonazepam. And I picked it up at a CVS. I have a CVS in New York. I picked it up at a CVS in Florida. And about the first week in December, I just start feeling awful. And I remembered that the pills that I picked up, they're white instead of the blue that they normally are. Now, people might look back at that and go, Eric, how did you not realize there was something wrong with that? But when you're going CVS to CVS and you're getting clonazepam to clonazepam, you don't think much of it. It was the wrong dose. Uh, no, it wasn't the wrong dose. The manufacturers of the generics, even within the same pharmacy, 
chain of CVS are different. So for everyone out there, you could look this up. There are two different ones, ones that I've been taking for a long time. Teva, T-E-V-A, is the name of the manufacturer. And I was given Accord, A-C-C-O-R-D, like the Honda. So is that the reason why I started to crash? Maybe. Is all the, the stories behind what I just shared and the heaviness of what's going on? Maybe. Is it the days getting shorter? Maybe. Is it the end of the year rush and fearing did I get enough done this year and what are my resolutions for the next year? Maybe. Is a big one, and I'll go into it in my own story with my own family, though trying to be sensitive to what how much I do or don't share. The being around family members at a time when we've had three years of hell amongst family members. Is that part of it? Theo's Xing out because he's his own family stories to share here. So our guest for today's show is Dr. Jen Hartstein. She's been a friend of the organization for five years. She's been a member of our STAR Alliance. STAR stands for Stress and Trauma, Active Releasing and Rewiring. And so we have different um, subject matter experts. Jen's an expert in many things, but the two in particular within the STAR modalities that she focuses on for our organization are CBT and DBT. So she's certainly going to help us discuss that as well. But it's almost like, I wanted Jen to come on and she's going to hate me because she knows that I talk too much. So she's going to hold back a little bit until she chimes in is almost listening to Darren and Theo's last 10 days. And then I'll chime in with my own as a therapist, hearing what we have to say, because the reason why we're focusing this episode on holiday and holiday stress and why maybe 2022 is a little bit different than other holidays in the past and this heaviness that we're feeling, I'm telling you that in camaraderie amongst Theo and Darren, where we're on a text message thread, your typical, how are you doing, man? Okay, good, you, okay, good, and then you pass on. I wasn't doing so well, so I just reached out to Darren, and then Darren's like, holy shit, I felt like hell for the last 10 days. And then I reached out to Theo, and Theo's been in a good place recently, and I'm, I'm going to use a word that I don't like. Theo knows I don't like this word. Theo goes... I'm back in depression. I don't like depression just because you guys know I don't like labels. But point is, he's got back to his heaviness feeling. And I'm like, shit, how are all three of us feeling bad at the same time? So, Darren, I'm going to start with you to, to fill in the blanks. And obviously, it's a, it's a sensitive topic, so you can reveal as much or as little as you want. You know, we've 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 talked mostly on. I'll text reveal text. all. I'll I'll reveal all. You're 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 such a giving, transparent person. Thank you, but. What you're going to share right now, men and women will be able to relate to. It's not just a guy thing. I know we hear that all the time. Guys don't talk. Guys don't open up. It's, I think this is a human thing. So, Darren, just take us through the Wait, last. And Eric, can I just, yeah. I know I'm not supposed to chime in yet. Please. But to your point about men don't talk, men don't talk, men don't talk, a new study came out saying that although women are saying that they need services, 40% of women are not seeking services. So it's not a gender specific yes. thing anymore. It's real. So just to kind of add that in there, that it's, it's across the board. And and that number was really startling to hear when you think about the fact that we're all like, oh, women talk more, women do this more. But the fact is that 40% of women are not seeking any, like, so it's, people aren't, it, it's, there's a, so many barriers, barriers and obstacles. That's a different conversation, but it's every, you know, most of us aren't asking for the help we need when we need it. Now, now you see why Jen has been on the Alliance for all four years is because she's smarter than the three of us and is able to <laughs> chime in with the important stats. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Now I'll be quiet again. <laughs> All right. So, so, so last week we talked about the loss of Grant Wall and I went on and said, I'm good. 
I've, I can now uh, deal with the fact that I knew Grant, he had a horrible death, and I am not going to associate myself with it. Uh, my previous issues were uh, I have a overall fear of death that has become uh, part of my life and go in and out of thinking that I have the exact thing that basically anyone in the news has, uh, including uh, when people are close to me. Um, and I related in the podcast a story about Urban Meyer and how one of my original panic attacks slash, oh, my God, I'm going to leap out of my body was when Urban Meyer, who was at Florida, said he had heart issues. And somehow that got to me feeling my pulse and doing the whole thing and buying a blood pressure machine and and basically somehow not going to the hospital to get myself checked out. But I wanted to check myself every 30 seconds, if possible. So I, I said how I wasn't affected here and I've done all the work and I'm on the Lexapro and I'm on, uh, yeah, I mean that, that, that's the drug I'm on and I'm perfectly titrated and I've done CBT and uh, I, I'm good. And then like two days later, I just got hit. Like I go, I'm like, oh my God, is my heart exploding? Am I, am I, uh, I go back to feeling my pulse. Darren, Jen is taking notes as you're talking. I feel this is like the most therapy session ever, which is amazing. Keep going. I want, I wanted like everyone to hear because so, most people are going to hear it's supposed to see the play by play. This is amazing. Keep going. So two days ago, three days ago, I would not have been able to sit down like this. I was pacing, going nuts. Thank God it's a time in a way, it's a horrible time because as we discussed and we'll discuss more, um, if you're sad in a time of happiness and especially as you see on social media and Instagram and all this, um, you feel lonely. I'm supposed to be happy. Um, I'm with my kids all day. I'm not working. But it hit me and I was into the full panic of feeling for my pulse Um uh, back to the blood pressure machine, which I hadn't done in a while. And then it's also, it's like, it, it's this circle, right? Like, it's like, okay, in the moment, I wasn't having a heart attack. Am I having a heart attack now? 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 So it's not doing anything to keep measuring. And the rational person would say, why are you doing that? But the rational person would say, well, you're not Grant Wall either. Um, you know, if you if you type in your heart attack risk at 44, it's 0.1. So what are you doing? And it's just not an irrational thought, but it, it is kind of like a, it took me back to after I said I was OK, I basically had like a PTSD reaction uh, to the past and um, just was really struggling Um and still am actively, um, and you know, thanks to Xanax, which in a panic situation has helped me before, I am at least to a point of stability. And I do believe that I have to now use this to do more work on myself because, you know, you're not really ever done. And I think when I said I was done, I think God struck me down and was like, "No, you're not." No, you're not. So, right. and Darren, before we go to Theo, I want you to because because you shared this a, a little with me on text message, 
you were doing things with your family. I don't know if it was your wife was asking you to go out and do those things. You planned those things, but there were activities you were doing in the city with your family. And in the moment, because so many people can likely relate to this, you're like, why, why am I not having a good time? I can't wait to get home. This is not like, take us through that play by play a little bit of what it was like. Yeah. I mean, I was physically present. I was able to enjoy some moments, but I was like in crisis. I was trying to jump out of my body. And so we went to the city for three straight days, the Rockettes. We went to a slime museum. Um, we went to the fun things. We're doing like a staycation thing. And I, I in general have harder times towards the end of the year. Um, makes me think about renewal and another year and this and that more so than my birthday actually and uh i just got whipped into the full the full panic of it all um and and it 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 was it was horrible have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free good news with Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And your openness obviously is appreciated. You know, I, I, I don't know that for everyone who, who wants to hear the backstory, when Darren first reached out to me, when I shared my story on LinkedIn, Darren wanted to use his platform of Twitter. He's got 2 million followers. Can I put this story out there? You're a sports executive. And then Darren told me he had his own story. We went out to dinner, but that he wasn't ready to share it. And a year later, he put his own story out there, which related to the Olympics and not being able to read the teleprompter. And we've shared it on here. And I think there's layers of openness. What I'm hearing also as Darren shares the story as we shift over to Theo is a realization that having the Xanax bottle and having gone through a little bit of therapy and going, I'm done, is not how mental health works. Mental health is an accumulation. It's a build and it's a working process over time of us constantly having to manage things and too often people think I have it or I don't have it. And I think Darren, even someone who's been in the space becomes a victim of, of that thought process of how people think about this space. I had it for a time when I worked, when I was doing the Olympics, I got the medication for it. I did the therapy for it. Now I'm good. Unfortunately, that's not how it worked, which is Theo. You let me just say that. one more thing. Yeah. Let me say one more thing. My therapist allowed me to say, you know, hey, you haven't gotten your heart checked in six years. I'm going to allow you to go get the <laughs> tests now under some some conditions. You're a stats guy, so I'm going to allow you to get the EKG and the normal stress test. I'm going to allow you to get whatever test you want, even the specific aorta test to confirm that it's not exploding. But uh, and and and. You know, and it's not easy to get these tests. So even with calling in favors, it's like a week, a week and a half away. 
my challenge to myself, she said, but you're not going to be totally good until you get the stat that all the stats back that likely say you're okay. My challenge to myself is, can I try to be okay? Can I come to the conclusion that I'm fine even before I take the tests? And, and as Jen will help us when we dissect each of these things, Darren, I think you put way too much emphasis on the physical and you're not taking into account how much the holiday time, how much you not feeling right mentally is playing into your continued not feeling right mentally. Like you want, you're, you're an, a question and answers guy. And if you're like, oh, well, the, the, the physical test came back. Okay. You've got control of something. You're like my dad in that way. Like, okay, now I'm good. But there's a lot more factors going on here right now than just your physical health and yeah. the Urban Meyer thing. Yeah. Theo. So take us through. Cause you, you know, I've checked in with you the last three months and it's been like, I got this new device. I got this new mat I can lie on that, you know, mm -hmm. helps me out. And I've, I've never been in a better place. I'm motivated. And then I was like, holy shit. Like I haven't heard Theo tell me this in a while. What, what's the latest that's going on? So, so fill us in. Well, <clears throat> even though I said that I'm in a depressive state, I'm still a thousand times better than I was. <clears throat> sorry, two years ago at the same time. Two years ago at this time, I was still a hypochondriac. I was still having suicidal ideations. I was unmotivated. I was not showering. I was not eating and I was not sleeping. That's, wow. this, is not the, this is not the case now because <clears throat> over the last two years, I've been able to work through all this shit. And <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm hardwired to compete and win. And so my whole attitude towards mental health was that I was gonna completely obliterate and eliminate my mental illness. And so over that two years, what happened? Well, I accepted the fact that first and foremost, I wasn't going to die. And second of all, I have mental health challenges. And so not every, you know, day is going to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns and pixie dust. You know, uh, I have a thing called depression and it's going to show up every once in a while. So <clears throat> I'm actually probably in the best place that I've ever been when it comes to accepting the fact that you know, uh, I am where I'm at today. But you, so you, gonna... you and Darren, you and Darren are at different places. And I can't, mm -hmm. Jen, Jen's eyes are like spinning with mm -hmm. Cam waiting to chime in. But because I, I, I want you to fill in the gaps a little bit for everyone, Theo, because you and Darren are a different place in terms of the acceptance of what I deal with, which by the way, I think every mm -hmm. human needs to do. So that's not an indictment on right. either of you. Mm -hmm. so, so you're saying in your depressive state, you're in a better place in your depressive state than you would have been two years ago when you weren't getting up out of bed, weren't sharing all this stuff. But the, yeah, because, the situational, because I, like help us understand, because Darren talked about the Grant Wall show. He talked about looking at other people being happy and all that stuff. What is it situationally right now? Because I think that's what people need to relate to that you might think, even though it's better than two years ago, it's not as good as it was two months ago. Right. Well, two months ago, I was busy traveling, doing, working, you know, all that yep. stuff. And, you know, usually over Christmas, it completely stops. And, you know, I have to 
sit in my room and I'm left with my own thoughts, thoughts. right? Yep. Right. But you, what do I do all summer? I play golf every day in the summer. So I'm getting large amounts of vitamin D in its natural state and its natural form. So there's no and, possible and me, way, me even too, if the, I the wanted lack, to be depressed. The lack of activity, no, the lack of activity of that there is no work yes. is very troubling. Yeah. This is like the three of us mm -hmm. literally have workaholism like up the mm -hmm. wazoo. Keep going. And Jen, yeah. sorry. But Jen, you're not allowed yet until that. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. Go on. So, so, you know, and, and the weather's been absolutely disgusting. So you can't go outside, even if you want to go outside. Um, you know, I was supposed to go to a junior game in Red Deer last night, which is an hour and a half up the road. Well, couldn't go because the roads are completely black ice, you know, so I couldn't even go and be in community or hang out with my buddies or whatever. So, you know, but the simple fact that there's a certain amount of acceptance that's happened over the last, you know, two or three years is, you know, part of, part of it. But I also have a lot more tools in my toolbox, which I've acquired over the last two years that helped me get through these periods of, you know, not feeling, you know, my best. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just think it's the simple fact that I've accepted that this is my lot in life. And, um, you know, and I also have a, I also have makes you who you are. It's why yeah. you were, you were a undersized, amazing player in the NHL. It's why I am who I am and why I was able to get to the top. Uh, part of me, except like I, without that, without the, my spinning head, which gives me good side, the good side, I have to take the bad side and my life isn't as good without it. Or learn how to manage it, right? As mm -hmm. Theo's sharing, he's done with his tools and where I want, where I want to bring Jen in. And 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 I'm gonna give my background of why my spin I think started to happen. I talked about the the generic forms of the the drugs and thinking that could have been one of the factors. I think all the heaviness of the news cycle, you know, Jen and I were talking about this before we got on. Is it's great that more and more people are sharing on social media, and I think when you do this work, you spend a lot of time on social media, not get spinning out of control because of the comparisons of. Uh, everyone's looking happy and looking like this stuff. Certainly that's part of human nature. I'm talking more of the positive that you're seeing happening of more and more people are sharing that they're struggling, which is opening things up. We're in this weird adjustment period in 2022 where people are opening up, but it's not necessarily that there's a lot of community around it for, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Okay, what next? And who can I reach out to? So in my end, on top of that, I'll just share without revealing too much. I, I It's in my own family, and I hear from so many other people, and, and I want Theo to chime in after Jen goes, because I'm sure he has it in his family. Darren, if you do too, please do. But there is such a cloud over the last three years because everyone's decisions within your family was on full display, and I don't think there's a person on this planet who is in full agreement of the 15 decisions that we had to make over the last three and a half years on every single thing. 
Did you get the vax early? Did you not get the vax at all? Did you wear the mask all the time? Did you only wear it indoors? Did you believe in the restaurant wearing of it, but not when you sit down? Did you post it on Facebook that you wore it and that, you, that, that it's important? Well, if you didn't post it, that means that you were against it. Um, did you get boosters? Did you not get boosters? Um, in not getting boosters, did you let people over your house who were vaccinated, who weren't vaccinated? Why did you let certain people and not other people? And there's a saying that that was shared with me by a therapist, what stays in the dark grows in the dark. And I think there are so many people, because this is the first year around the holidays, where so many people were able to get back together because so many restrictions were lifted, that there's a lot of underlying animosity between family members and friends, where it's like either people weren't invited for the first time in a while, or they were invited and everyone's back in the room. And it's like, I haven't fully addressed all that. So I hope that that has teed us up for what the whole second half of this discussion is going to be. Jen, if you want to start with just telling us how out of our mind and crazy you are, at least we certainly can. <laughs> but you've heard You're... our three stories, right? Yeah. Takeaways you want to start with, and then we could build from there. Yeah. Okay. So general takeaways, right? So I think <clears throat> kind of tying in with what Theo's saying about two years ago, it was this way. This year, it's now. I think about emotions and mental health think about it like the ocean, right? Waves come, they go, they come, they go. Some days the waves are going to be in much more powerful and stormy and you're going to be in it and you're going to be swirling around and having a hard time finding your base. Other times it's going to be like a lake and like be very calm and placid and lovely to be hanging out in. The key with the tools is it's like the tools become your anchor. And when you don't have an anchor and you're on that boat, guess what happens to your boat when all those waves go crazy, right? It just splinters and you're lost at sea. So we have to remember that the waves are gonna come and go. And so, you know, you're talking about what's the situation. Maybe there isn't a situation, maybe just kind of something, you can't pinpoint a situation. Maybe it's just kind of what is, and the waves are starting to go <clears throat> and be a little bit more crazy. You, and, and I love the wave analogy, but I wanna mm -hmm. use your wave analogy to discuss Darren's case because well, Darren's case is similar to mine. Yeah. And, and not to dive deep into Darren's case, yeah. I'm sure you're going to do more, is I think for some people... I took notes, of the remember. Way that, oh, awesome. Okay. So that sympathetic nervous system response for those of us who have more active minds, mm -hmm. okay, not to take away a term that we all know very well, but those of us who have more active minds, it's not only that we don't have an anchor if we don't have tools, it's that the waves become cumulative waves that built like sure. we think of waves and we're like, oh, the moon, you know, may, you know, with the with the pull of the moon and the waves are the same size. So we got to ride them out for some of us that have those overactive brains. Our waves keep getting bigger and bigger, and bigger. Right. And if it's a hurricane, the waves aren't the same size. Right. If it's a tsunami, the waves aren't the same size. And you can't always determine where what the storm is, is my point. Right. So it's not that it's the lunar. We're going to follow the lunar calendar and go from there. It's just like. Sometimes the waves are going to be so bad. And just as I get up, I get, I get hit and I get hit and I get hit and that keeps happening. And so it's <clears throat> one of the things I think is uh, it, there's two things we have to remember, right? And it's, I think is just general. One is we have to remember that there is an anchor and that, that kind of in that acceptance kind of conversation, you might still be in the wave, but the anchor is going to protect your boat. So being able to just have a touch point. So like Darren's story of feeling totally overwhelmed some of the things to remember, like what are the vulnerability factors for Darren, right? Darren, you mentioned this time of year is a really lousy time of year for you historically. Grant Wall situation notwithstanding, 
everything else notwithstanding, this is a rough time of year. So like, that's an anchor point for you in the future, right? What do I need to do to cope ahead two weeks before we get to those last 10 days of the year so that I, cause I know that this is a rough time of year for me, right? And so we need to kind of keep in a journal, put it in your calendar, start thinking about my cope ahead plan, whatever it might be that kind of helps us recognize like what are the vulnerability factors of this time of year? I think it's funny, I wrote down in my head like the, the question like, doth I protest too much? I think anytime we are trying to say, I'm good, everything's good. I, my question to my clients and to myself is always like, no, what's really happening? Because there's like, who am I trying to convince in that moment? And so while we might've felt good, there might've been a delayed reaction. You might've been like, wow, I'm handling this really well. And then that led to the dominoes starting to fall, right? I mean, they're still pre like it's, and I think, and the other thing you said, Darren was like, you're supposed to be happy. Like who said, who said like, like, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> who said that you're supposed to be happy because it's the holidays? Like, your example, your example, Jen, of the delayed effect of ha of of your good, it reminds uh -huh. me of like it reminds me of working out, and sometimes you're like, I haven't worked out in a week, and I've been eating like crap. But like this is the best my body's looked in the mirror right. in a long time. What's <laughs> happening here? I guess my my metabolism finally adjusted, and I'm in a great place. And all of a sudden, like two weeks later. Like you literally feel yeah. as bloated as could be. And like, you look awful and you're like, but right. I was eat I'm eating well right now. I don't get it. Right. And it's, but we accept the relapse and the rebound effect of that in our physical space far less than we do in our mental space. Right. Like we just do. And so, so it becomes a real big kind of challenging thing. And when we are busy and I put that in quotes because I like the three of you overwork and overextend and do way too much and I'm a worker bee, that's just what I do. And I work hard and we all have the payoff of that. But the distractions prevent us from actually being kind of in our moment. And that's why when you go to bed, your mind starts to race because it's the first time you're not distracted all day. And like all of a sudden, all the thoughts are coming. So distractions are great, except when they're helping us avoid how we're feeling. And then when we don't have the distractions, we can't avoid it anymore. Here it is like served up to us on a beautiful silver platter. And anxiety is not rational. We are not in rational thought when we are anxious, period, end of sentence. It's just not possible. So somebody might look at you and be like, well, that's not rational. Of course it's not, because anxiety isn't rational. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
your point and Theo is raising his hand, which means he's got like a real exciting point. No, no, no. (laughs) I love when Theo gets like this because he's like so polite, like other people. Very rare, a very rare hand raise, right? Well, no, come on, Darren. (laughs) Darren will, in in fairness to Darren, Darren does it politely too, but he finds his place to jut in. And then Theo's raising his hand like he's in school because he's, 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 just manages. He's nicer than the rest of us and not a New Yorker. He would have done that in hockey back in the day. He just would have beaten the shit out of someone. But, so, well, I'm a New Yorker through and through. No, but but when Jen says um, at night we go to bed and it's the first time we're not distracting ourselves, when I hear Darren's story, when I hear Theo's story from the last two weeks, mm-hmm. that example of what happens at night is a microcosm. It's happening all the time. Happening. Because, because they're finally home. Darren doesn't have the hustle and bustle of you know the work week. Theo doesn't have the hustle and bustle of going into his new job that he's got now and the doing the speaking appearances and the being able to, like you said, because the weather travel to the next game or when it's nice, like going to golf. So it's like Mm -hmm. he's sitting in his own head. Theo, go on with with what you wanted to jump in with. So the waves that I'm experiencing are the exact same waves that I experienced two years ago. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, is that I've changed how I think about those waves sure right and the simple fact that i can now tolerate and sit in them to me is a huge win right you chose that word is really important theo because you said you have the heart you're hardwired to compete and win and i wrote that down and what i wrote underneath it was what's a win Mm -hmm. like do you have to change your approach to what a win is. You know what I mean? A win doesn't have to be winning the game, right? It's, it's, I'm getting through this and that's a win. Like, does a win have to be this, like, you know, armed fingertip to fingertip or can it be an inch? The the win for me is (laughs) I'm not, I'm not at the hospital, hooked up to an EK machine, you know, freaking out. Mm -hmm. That's gone. That's no longer part of, you know, this, this cycle that happens. Right. You know, and and like this, like I said, the simple fact that I can sit in it and be okay to me is a huge one. And Theo, I think we're saying the same thing when you say my waves are the same they were two years ago, but I'm going to challenge that visual a little bit because I think before you learn what you've learned, your waves, what they brought to you and how they felt, felt like they were bigger. Okay two years back because you didn't have the tool. So they weren't exactly the same ways per se in that your allowance of the waves to build more because you were going, holy shit, I'm in a wave. Oh my God, the wave's getting big. Oh my God, that mm-hmm. could that could tip me over, mm-hmm. right? Like all the things that happen to us when we are in our own head and keep thinking about that. You and I, what, what's the favorite line you and I talk about all the time is you can't outthink your mental health because you and I have <laughs> done that and failed miserably so many mm-hmm. freaking times in our life. And I think that's what makes those waves bigger. So while you're saying the waves are the same, maybe the frequency of them, maybe the 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 pattern that you're seeing, even though Jen's saying, yes, we can't go by the the lunar calendar and all that stuff. But I think 
part of it is the waves right now are a little bit smaller. It's almost like a, a chicken or an egg thing. They're a little bit smaller because of the tools that you have. That you or you have the right to tools to ride the waves, right? Yes. Like you have the right surfboard. The waves might be exactly the same, but you have the right surfboard for the waves that you're riding versus what you had before, which was like a little teeny baby one that you couldn't really stand on, right? Like, so I think that's the tools, right? So if the waves feel the same, and you have the right, whatever you need to ride them differently, they might feel, be exactly the same size, but the tools right. allow you to ride them better. And so- but, but I've also done exclusively more and more trauma work in the last two years. Yeah. So I'm carrying, I'm also carrying around less trauma- Your backpack is lighter. My, it, less trauma in my body because I've been able to move it and get, get it flowing mm -hmm. as well, yeah. right? I've, the people that I find the people who get stuck don't even realize that it's a trauma response to a past whatever, and they don't know how to, you know, to move it. You know, my goal, mm -hmm. my goal is to heal myself completely emotionally and physically for the rest of my life. Right. right. That's, that's what I've made a commitment to for the rest of my life. Cause I know it's possible. I, I mm -hmm. see it. I when see you say it. heal, and when so, you say heal, do you mean best managed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like mm. because, because only because I, I don't know that there is a healing destination of I'm good now, which is maybe where Darren thought he was a year ago. Like I went through it, I did all the healing I need to do. Now I'm good, right? And I but and tie that in with what Theo just said about a trauma response, right? Here you have a young guy who dies unexpectedly with a horrible death. That's triggering right. Darren's trauma response to something that used to be his panic point, right? right. So, so in the moment, you're like, okay, this is a horrible story and it's really sad and the grief is real and all of that. And I knew this guy and this is awful. And then like, as you kind of start to calm, your body starts to just calm down from the shock, the old stuff does resurface because it, you know, trigger points happen, right? Like, we, we, I had back surgery in April, two months later, my back is hurting. I'm like, okay, my back surgery didn't, didn't work. Right. right? Like it did work. I had a muscle thing that was going right. on because my body was resetting, but I was in a absolute panic that I just spent. But you're but you're an time. expert, Jen, you're an expert in this stuff. And yeah. Theo in saying healing myself, that's why I want to be specific. Well, Even I you're think not, you can heal. I think you can heal yourself though. Like, like well, the fact that right. you have a trigger still. Mean. I think I, you heal yourself and, and part of healing is, I think part of yeah. healing is recognizing that there are still things that can right. interfere with your path forward, right? right? right. So there are going to be potholes. There's going to be icy roads that prevent mm -hmm. you from getting to the game. Right. And you're going to have to remember, oh, wait, what can, you know, what do I do? Like, what do I need to do to protect myself when I can't get over the pothole or over the canyon or right. what do I need to do to kind of make that work? And I think that's, that's a huge piece of healing because none of it is black and white. And those of us that are frequently big workaholic -y people and, and our stats people like Darren, we like to know what's going to happen and what the outcome is going to be and then have the, and have it wrapped up in a nice pretty bow and not life doesn't work that way. Right. My, my grandfather's favorite saying was like, you plan God laughs, right? Like that's just true. And so I think if we, we kind of have to have a clear cut outcome, 
we're going to be stuck on the gerbil wheel of kind of, of our thoughts getting in the way all the time. Well, and, and, and I also know that I've been introduced to light, sound, and frequency, which mm -hmm. I haven't, which I haven't had before. Mm -hmm. So that gets me really excited about my own personal healing process because I know when I'm in a depressive state that my vibration, my spirituality, my all my things are on a very low, low vibrational, you know, uh, plane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so I need to raise my vibration. How do I do that? Through meditation, through, you know, yeah. singing, through drumming through you know movement all mm -hmm. of these mo all of these modalities that are available that nobody talks talks about well you know we, we talk we about we talk about medication that's it nobody says geez maybe you should go try a drumming circle maybe you should go sit in a sweat lodge maybe you should go <laughs> you know um you know meditate for jump up jump up and down well, this, Jump this, up is, and this down, is why right? having Jen, this is why having Jen for this episode is so important, right? Theoso, because I think you're one of the pioneers in the public sphere of putting your story out there and not your label out there. You told people what you went through, you told people what the trauma was, and then whether it's because of your indigenous background or your openness to different things or your relationship with Kim, who's a healer, you were open to different types of modality that were releasing modalities. When we came up with the name star, I asked him, and I'm referring to Kim Barthel, who's an incredible practitioner. What are we doing when we do these exercises, stress and trauma, active releasing and rewiring. Mm -hmm. We're taking what's building up in us. We're releasing it out of it. Darren, I would say of the four of us is probably in the earliest phase of what do I do? What are the modalities out there? What What's available to me? Because he did some traditional, more traditional type of therapy. My question for Jen in this realm, for those of us who are practiced in, and practice is obviously a relative term, but dipping our toe in, using lived experience versions mm -hmm. of what Theo and I are doing. We hear EMDR, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we hear trauma processing. We hear havening, we hear tapping, we hear you know brain spotting, and, it, and it's all related to trauma processing. CBT and DBT were always evidence-based practices. Mm -hmm. CBT for everyone who's out there, cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Jen will give us a little bit of background on both. But are those two therapies being used in the spectrum of what's being considered trauma-based therapies, or are they just, quote, evidence-based therapies that relate to cognition, right? right. So, yes. Um and EMDR is now is has a ton of evidence base behind it too. So what evidence? So let's. So I want to go back to one thing, which I think helps understand some of the kind of ways movement or meditation or any of that stuff can help you. When you look at an animal, like if, like I have dogs. When you look at your dog and your dog shakes, right? Except when they're like shaking water off. That shake is often a reset of their stress system, which is an easy way to think about how we need to reset. So like standing up and just like shaking your body around can help reset your stress system. I think a lot of people that don't understand what all of this means, like to me, when I've explained that to my clients, they're like, oh, so if I just like move around a little bit, I might reset. I'm like, exactly. They're like, got it. You know, it doesn't have to be an hour long commitment. It can be a three minute, shake it out. And like, you can kind of like, you know, we tell kid, little kids, right? Get the yayas out, shake it out. It's the same kind of a thing. So I just wanted to kind of like throw that out there. 
DBT and DBT, exactly. Okay, like that's exactly it. Shake it all up. So CBT and DBT are cognitive behavior therapy. So CBT, think of it as an umbrella. CB, cognitive behavior therapy is the big umbrella that looks at how we think, how we feel, and how we act, and how all three of those things interrelate. EMDR technically fits under the CBT umbrella. So do a lot of other therapeutic techniques, as does DBT, which is one of the other kind of spokes, I guess, on the um, the umbrella. And what DBT does is, so cognitive behavior therapy is very much a change strategy. It looks at how are we changing how you think or how you act, and then how that impacts and changes your feelings. Very practical, very skills-oriented. Great for a lot of us. There is a lot of CBT for trauma. There's cognitive processing theory for trauma. There's a lot of different things that really look at kind of that part of the trauma. There's trauma-focused CBT, right? So we have things that really work on addressing trauma in just plain CBT. DBT adds kind of on a seesaw, on the other side of the seesaw adds an acceptance component. So it, it kind of what you guys have been talking about, radical acceptance of like, this is what it is right now. Mindfulness, validation. The idea being that life sucks right now and there are things you can do to make it better, right? So it's balancing this and kind of doing this tango between I'm, I'm doing the best I can and I need to work harder. I'm doing the best I can and I need to work harder. And those two things kind of coexist. And sometimes we just need to be on the acceptance side. And I just need to like, you need to sit in the shit, learn to love it, learn to kind of just be okay with it and be like, okay, this is what it is. And then you're going to kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, now I've got to figure out how to get out of this. What do I need to do? And, and that's where the change strategies come in. So there's a lot of balance in there. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Where, where, like, if a client comes into you, right? Like, you mm -hmm. you share Darren's situation, you're like, maybe the Grant Wall thing was a trigger for him, right? And it sure. sounds like it may have been. But here, and, here's, it, and the timing of the Grant, right? He dies, you're going into quiet time all of the pieces kind of converging at the same time, right? We have to think about what are the, the thing that triggers so much is like, and makes things worse is how vulnerable are we in that oh, moment oh, to that but, thing? Yeah, what Dr. Jen, what, what I'm so floored about is, so Eric, you know, his whole spin started with three people who died or had issues with their heart mm -hmm. so young. The crazy thing is like, I'm really good friends with JJ Watt and he had to get his heart shocked back in out of AFib mm -hmm. before Grant Wall. And right. for some reason I rationally talked to him and it didn't become me. But right. I clearly think that I was almost hyperventilating around this time of year and that's what spun me into it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's knowing what those vulnerabilities are. Dif you, Eric, you brought up family, which I want to kind of make sure we, I know you wanted to yes. touch on that for a minute and I, we only have a few minutes left. So like yeah. family can increase our vulnerability to stuff, right? No, think about it. Like all of our family history, not even just the past three years, we walk into any family gathering with history. And so we go in kind of like, how do I put all of that on a shelf with the JJ Watt thing? Jared, you might've been able to put that on the shelf for you and be like, okay, he's fine. Everything's okay. But it's still on the shelf. It's not like, 
in a trash compactor incinerated and gone. It's it's available to like pull off the shelf when you need it. So we go into any family gathering with that too. And so we're, we have vulnerability factors. Are we gonna fight about this? Do I have to avoid that topic? What don't I wanna talk about? What are the boundaries I need to set? I don't know anybody that doesn't go into a family gathering with some of that chatter. Okay, so, so but let's let's talk about that chronologically, Jen, because like as a kid, you open up gifts, it's Hanukkah, it's Christmas, it's Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever the the, whatever holiday, the holiday is. Okay. You're opening up gifts. And I know, you know, the the prevailing wisdom is kids can sense <laughs> tension in the air. So, you know, I'm I'm not trying to downplay that kids know maybe something's amiss, but Kids, mostly the beautiful thing about kids is they get lost in the moment. You buy them something that costs $5 at the store. That's not that big of a deal. A toy, a car that goes on its own. When you push it backwards, it goes forward. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God. You're like, that's, right. that's amazing that they get excited about that. Meanwhile, you've got all these adults in the room where the uncle hates the aunt, hates the mother-in-law. This person wasn't nice to that person the last time they, they were together. You invited this one and they didn't show up to it. And they didn't bring a gift and the gift wasn't a nice gift and all these things, right? And so the parents have all those things going on. As a kid, I don't know that you know the intricacies of what each of those things are. And then you start to become a young adult and you're introduced to it. You're introduced to the biases of your own parents' feelings towards other people in the family. You're just getting language for it. You know it's happening, right? You know, you know when mom gives that look at that aunt or right. you can sense when Uncle Bob isn't talking to Aunt Fran. I mean, like all of those things are- But the, but the kids can lose themselves. The reason why I want to bring that, that first- Because it doesn't up, involve them, well, right? Well, and also I mean, the toy, the toy is exciting to them the way that the Twitter for Darren and the golf for Theo is exciting to us at first. Sure. It's an avoidance thing, right? And so, yeah. so, so it's protective. Like, it's protective, right? So, like the toy thing and the, you know, we're eating cake and awesome food and all those things for the kid. And I think as you become a young adult, Theo looks like he's got a strong opinion on this one way or another. But like as you become a young adult, it's like, you're right. You, because you're given language about it and because you understand the intricacies of it a little bit more. And then what we're learning when you go on, you see anyone's Instagram post and all this stuff, and it's like, right. You have to create boundaries right. and you have to, life. yeah. Well, I also think kids, it depends on the kid, right? I knew what was going on with everybody in my family outing. Like I knew and, and could, could soak up everything that went on with everybody. Right. I was like, you know, those of us that are empaths, which I would imagine the four of us lean towards the empath side more than we lean towards the non-empath side, which is our downfall and our blessing. Right. It's like, but I think those of us that are empaths, we take up, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like you you soak in that stuff and you're gonna be the kid that's gonna go, look at me, look at me, let me show you what I can do. And you're gonna be the distraction, right? Like I did a lot of dance recitals when I was a kid. I, yes, I was a born performer, but like I did a lot of dance recitals for people like because it, it diffused whatever tension there might be. So I think we'd see it in kids, right? That kid that gets lost in the car, what are they avoiding? paying attention to because they're picking up on all of the tension. Yes. So I think that we have, kids have more rudimentary and fundamental tools that maybe we as adults need to go back to, right? right? Because like, 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 for example, I made my niece and nephew who are 18 and 20 
come with me to the circus yesterday. Why? <laughs> why? Because it's the circus. And like, why not go to the circus and like, just be a kid? Like, we don't do that enough because yes. there's something in the simplicity of that that helps us get through the day, right? So we, all of that, you guys talk about it. All of that builds up over time. So then I've heard enough about Uncle Bob being not a great guy. I've never had a bad experience with Uncle Bob, but everybody else says Uncle Bob is bad. So like, clearly Uncle Bob is bad, right? So we learn that over time and that gets carried from when we're little into adulthood, unless we break some of those stories and we rewrite them for ourselves. And that's hard. And you talk about boundaries. Boundaries are hard and boundaries can create space, which is necessary, but at times like the holidays can make it feel very, very challenging and lonely. And that can feed into our sense of isolation lack of community, more depression, more anxiety. I'm so I'm so curious as you're sharing these these tidbits for everyone cuz Theo and I talk about family stuff all the time and he like Theo and I were driving in a car together once to an event and my dad like the fifth ring in a row where I didn't pick up. Theo's like, "How the hell do you deal with this?" He's like, "How do you deal with this?" He doesn't stop calling. So I'm looking at Darren and I'm going, "Darren, as a human being, do you see cuz I don't know what's been going on in your house but you're 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 talking about JJ Watts heart being shocked. You're talking about the loss of Grant Wall. You're talking about checking your own, you know, physical health and and blood pressure. Do you see how family dynamics also are a cumulative piece of what you've been feeling? And that's without me knowing at all what any inter dynamics are between in-laws and not between you and your wife during this time of year. Well, and yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the pressure then becomes that I have a family, um, my daughter getting affected. Um, what happens if I don't make it through here? Right. right. The, thing that's, the thing that's different is I have a confidence that I'm going to make it through. I remember when I was in Vancouver and I was in the shower and it was 30 days of adrenaline going through my legs and literally could not concentrate even though I was on TV and I was just a complete wreck every day and it was on 300 milligrams of Seroquel, uh, which which should be good enough to tranquilize an elephant. Um, but I got up every day, but I remember being in the shower and I never had any suicidal ideations uh, but I remember saying to myself, um, I'm not going to kill myself, but I'll I'll wait till God kills me. Right. And I remember feeling that and feeling helpless, um, you know, that I wasn't going to get through it. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the thing is now, I don't know if I'm in the same place as Theo where I can almost watch it go by. Um, that's what that's the goal. But like, like I'm clearly affected. I'm clearly in a bad place, but I know I'm going to survive this. Um, Can I change your language, Darren? Yeah. <laughs> take the but. Sorry. Take the but and make it an and. And I will survive this. Yeah. Okay. But, but that family dynamic really important. Right. But the family dynamic puts on this added layer of sure. then all of a sudden adding, <clears throat> oh my God, what's my family going to do without me? And 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 positing what they're going to be without like putting on yeah. another layer of imagining another layer but there i'm gonna i'm gonna call a little bs because you're, you're saying not bs in that that's not piece of it yes the fear of what my family do without me because it plays on the death fear and all that stuff but you grew up in a jewish long island household filled with anxiety 
Okay. When your mom and dad come over your house for the holidays, there's no way that's not part of your anxiety bill. Correct. Correct. There's no way that's not part of your anxiety bill. And I'm not being derogatory for everyone listening. I'm Jewish also. Like my parents go to a doctor every day, whether they need it or not. Right. Right. But so so you have to remember that that like those those messages get passed on, right? right. Oh, I I know. I I know my my health anxiety is could be inherited. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Like when you you can't blame yourself. (laughs) You know, a lot of it is like, why do I have this? Why am I? You know, like, and if you take out the blame, there is such an upside when you take out the blame. But the reason I'm bringing it up, Darren, is because when Jen's talking about waves and Theo's talking about being able to manage his waves, and I'm hearing the difference of how each of you are explaining your story, in the goal of trying to help the most people possible as we're going through this, is I don't think sometimes we take into consideration all of these little factors that make the wave bigger and bigger and bigger. Your case, because you're a control guy, it's... The grant thing, one plus one equals two. So because of grant, that's my trigger. And I'm just bringing up for you one example of one thing where I'm like, think of all the factors of what's going on during the holidays. It might be less for you, it might be more for you that the the grant thing might not have triggered you as much if your parents were out of town during the holidays this time of year. Maybe they were, I don't don't know what what the background was. But but I hope everyone... There's there's some takeaways. Well, there's from lots that. of branches to the tree. I think is what you're saying, right? right? So it's like yeah. some so the trunk of this experience might be the grant. You know, was is Grant Wall's death, and right. what are the other trees on the? Uh, you know, what are the sorry? What are the other branches on branches. the tree that just make the tree bigger? You know, right. and and I think that's you know, or the kindling on the fire, like whatever. But it like what are the things that keep the the emotions growing and developing? Is the kind of what I think you're saying, Eric? And we, it's not you know indicative of one thing only. And, and I'll say this, two great sayings that I've had is more will be revealed, this too shall pass, mm-hmm. right? And when you're on a path of healing, more will always be revealed. Stuff that you want to deal with, stuff that you don't want to deal with, stuff that you don't care about, but more always will be revealed. And this too shall pass. Well, mm-hmm. well, Theo, I think that, that what you just shared is a great way for us to end because I'm going to share a personal experience I had today. You know, I'm, I'm always open to different types of healing. Jen, I haven't shared this with you yet. I, I did a somatic breathing healing practice with a practitioner today. You know, I've been breathing the Suda Harshan Kree is one that I did through the Art of Living, helped me when I first started feeling better. And what the woman said to me, and it, and it relates to what you just shared, Theo, is She's, she, she had me breathe in a certain pattern. It's in my belly, in my chest, then out of my mouth, right? So it's two in, one out, two into specific areas, then one out. And it recreates the fight flight response. Mm-hmm. And in recreating the fight flight response, what she kept saying to me is you're going to feel uncomfortable situations. And I want you to go into the discomfort as opposed to avoid the discomfort. Mm-hmm. And, and and look, I can teach myself how to breathe. That's a, But it's helpful to have that practitioner there saying that in your ear the whole yeah. time. And you're like, wait a second, in the past, I would have stopped breathing because I didn't like that feeling of my ears getting numb or my jaw getting tight or whatever it was mm-hmm. being in my body. Now all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I can get through this, right? Yeah. In CBT, we talk about approaching the stimulus, right? The thing that makes us the most anxious is what we avoid. Why? Because we feel relief when we avoid the thing that makes us anxious. 
But if you approach the thing that makes you anxious, you can survive that thing. You recognize that you can survive that thing and you go, oh, I'm okay, which is what your experience was with the breathing, which is what she was saying to you. It's right. Don't avoid the thing that's making you uncomfortable. Just sit with your discomfort and then keep moving. And some and of us, some of us live more in our heads and have to be more in our bodies. And that's, sure. you know, for everyone out there, that's the reason why this coach was doing this exercise with me. Cause she's like, Eric, you live in your head way too much. You don't let yourself feel anything. So I'm going to make you feel something in your body. And I think Darren's experience is indicative of that is like, mm -hmm. He needs to be, because he's like, again, I, I share that he's like my dad, but it's just, I see it so much and Theo will laugh because Theo knows my dad. It's like, Darren needs to have the, this is what caused it. This is the one thing. So this is how I fix it. And I don't know that that's how mental health, those branches are so important. And I, I want Darren as a friend to heal, just like I want all of us on this call to be able to start to the healing process, not just start, you guys are in the midst of it, but to get the best healing process possible is to go, there's a lot of branches on those trees mm -hmm. and it's okay to lean into a lot of different ones, even though some may seem like they're bigger than others, because part of my healing is going to be recognizing and leaning into those branches. And that's the best way for me to heal, to have the strongest base possible. I think there's too much avoidance that we do of being willing to go into the discomfort. Well, we think we, we think we need therapy. So I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody and, and it was like, well, you know, I'm okay. Like everything feels okay. Like, why should I be in therapy? And I was like, because everything's okay. So you can talk about all the other things that may <laughs> pop up at different times because you're not in crisis and you are only thinking you need to be in therapy in crisis. You don't get to the underbelly of the things that kind of might fuel the crisis or might create the crisis or might influence the crisis. And like, there was this light bulb moment for the person I was talking to. And I was like, you know, I go to therapy. There are times I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. Why am I having therapy today? And those are the days I do the best work because I don't, everything, all the other chatter is kind of a, like, it's not there. And I can like focus on, oh yeah, that is why I do that thing. And that is why I feel that way. And you can kind of like sink a little deeper. And I think that that's, what we don't, we think about crisis, crisis, crisis. That's where I need mental health for, you know, mental health support for, and it's just you now life support some days. If it, if it helps anyone to visualize this, it's like, do you wait to go to the cardiologist when you're having the symptoms of the heart attack? Or are you doing things that are working on your cardiovascular system? Yeah. So you're not waiting for the heart attack to happen. That may be an oversimplification, but we we accept this human beings that this plaque builds in our arteries that the saturated fat that we eat that the stress we have creates the hardening of the stuff in our arteries and so we do stuff proactively about it and i don't think we do enough of that with our mental health and this idea of five and five instead of one of five is to shake people their openness towards that so what i hope this discussion did having dr jen listen to theo darren and i have a, a therapy session with each other is, you know, these takeaways to be able to see how we're all impacted in our own unique, but often similar ways. And to encourage, look, if this is your community now, it doesn't matter if you feel like you don't know Darren and Theo and I, and then Jen will keep having back on, like allow this to be your community as a starting point and see that people are opening and sharing mm -hmm. Theo's line that he uses all the time, I'll steal from his, steal it from him is we collect people. That's what this is about is collecting people that the openness allows you to be more and more open. Um, and so I, I, this, this session was extremely helpful and healing for me. 
I know that Darren and Theo needed it as well. Um, I think hopefully those of you who listened, you're either going to hear this before New Year's. So know you're not alone during the holidays, or you're going to hear it right after New Year's. And you're going to go, oh my God, the year's starting. I feel completely friggin' lost. I haven't figured out what my resolutions are. I have yeah. the pressure. No, no resolutions. No resolutions. Right. Th no. Goals. That, Set yes. goals for yourself. No resolutions. I'm resolutions using that yourself. word, Jen, because I'm saying that's that's the expectation that we no, no resolutions. Goals, 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 goals. Set all the goals you want. Tweak them as you need. Do not set a resolution. And, and destined and for failure and disappointment. And that pressure, yeah. right? Is it, it, and so just know you're a human being right now. Know that you've got people who are openly starting to talk about this stuff. That it doesn't have to be that you're in crisis to be feeling these things. Mm -hmm. And know that there's. 8 billion people on this planet. I think it's up to 8 billion now who are feeling something similar to what you're feeling. So on behalf of our guest, Dr. Jen, on behalf of Theo, Darren, um, Eric Hewson, we'll look for you next episode on. We're all a little crazy. Bye.